So if we explore the, the nature of the competitive environment, I think that the very nature of that environment is, has changed quite radically. So right now there's a, a lot of debate around voice costs, maybe less so around mm -hmm. voice costs, it's, it's, it's more around data costs, yes. okay? And the access or the, or for, for the consumer market to have access to, um, to, to, to a broader level of coverage, uh, higher speeds, at, at a price point that is affordable to the mass market. So that is, in my mind, sort of still typical of the telco space. But clearly the market is evolving to the next level and is evolving rather quickly. So if we try to unpack um, what that means in terms of other services that a traditional telco operator needs to bring to market, how do you see that evolving, um, Bora? Maybe if you can um, give us some examples that you've perhaps seen in some of the more developed markets. Uh, understanding, of course, that certainly in the African context, there's probably unique propositions that can be taken to market. What, what would your view be on that? I guess, I mean, the, the, we need to look into this problem or you know this challenge in a different way because we are always looking at this uh, issue from a supply point of view. Supply on the supply side, I mean, uh, there might be some limitations or you know few dominant players on the market. But on the demand side, if we want to make it more affordable, at the end of the day, that affordability should be considered within the context of value to the end user, because it is really important, especially I mean when we talk about. Uh, uh, you know, universal service coverage and you know, universal access of to broadband in, in to, to a wider population. You know, the, we need to consider what value the end user gets from the digital services or broadband that it is getting, and if it is replacing its you know kind of entertainment costs, if it is replacing its kind of educational costs, healthcare costs whatsoever then you need to look into the value provided through that to the end user rather than the price point that is charged for because then it is subsidized from other savings to the end user. So uh, until we start focusing on demand side of the things and what it means from an end user, it is a very difficult dilemma just to focus on a price point and trying to reduce that. Because at the end of the day, you know, uh, providing communication services, as you stated at the beginning as well, very capital intensive, regardless of the player in, uh, investing on in it. And it is driven by, mostly by the uh, private sector money, which expects some return on, on those investments. So on, on that interest, you know, if you just look into this from a pure price point of view, I think it will be a very difficult aspect without a, you know, massive subsidy uh, provided by the government, which cannot be sustainable in the long run. So we really need to look into how we enable demand side of the things, how we bring more value on those networks mm -hmm. uh, or on those uh, uh, communication, broadband communication to the end user so that the, the value is created or shifted from other savings to this spent. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with Bora. Um, I think what we need to do is we need to calculate the cost of not connecting everybody. 
of leaving some people out of the economy um, and isolating them because either one, they haven't got access um, and linked to, to that is affordable access. Um, so it's, it's incredibly important that uh, as an industry, we visit uh, affordable access to everybody and make sure that uh, every individual um, you know, is, has got equal access to the internet. So that the 60% of companies that are registered in India today are IoT companies. It's a very easy business to get into. It's uh, um, cost efficient and we need to make sure that we enable our next generation uh, to participate in this economy. You raise an interesting point and, and I guess in terms of access to telco type services, one of the big challenges for Africa is that although we have big cities with very high population densities, there's also massive tracts of rural space mm. that needs telco infrastructure. Mm. And along major routes, I suppose it's quite easy to solve for this requirement. But as you get off the major routes into the deeper rural areas, there's a very real problem of significant capital investment that is being required, mm. but very low population densities, and also very low um, revenues per user, service, service revenues per user. Mm. And, and therein lies a, a challenge, which in my view, the, the regulator needs to step up mm. to, because to the extent that you can have models where there's shared infrastructure, but shared active networks infrastructure as well, that then enables the provision of services. So that kind of sounds fairly anti-competitive in, in a way because it requires the network operators to collaborate. It requires the regulator to enable that collaboration, which the current regulatory framework perhaps does not necessarily allow for. But how do you see that rural challenge potentially being solved and being solved very quickly to allow that part of our economy to become more significant? There's, there's a lot of really exciting technologies that are currently being tested. Um, there's um, several white papers uh, that are doing the rounds now on technologies like TV white space uh, technology, which is uh, probably um, more cost effective to deploy than a, a fiber network um, you know into a rural area um, we also saw um, you know we know that there's uh, some satellite technologies that can be utilized um, you know we earlier when we were chatting we were talking about uh, Google's Loon project um, so we don't necessarily have to uh, provide uh, you know fiber to every single person in, in the outlying area um, and we say that but there's also ways of reducing the cost of deploying fiber optic infrastructure if you look at the power lines um, you know so government clearly has a strategy to provide every single person in the country uh, with power you know and the power grid can be utilized to uh, expand uh, fiber backhaul services into more rural towns um, and especially if, if like we say it's legislated where ESCOM has a mandate to provide uh, space on their on their towers so that you know we can reach deeper uh, rural areas um, but there's I think the more exciting and, and faster method of getting there I think uh, the thing that certainly um, has got a lot of people setting up right now is TV white space I guess I mean this is not a question of technology in my opinion there are various technology alternatives out there to to serve uh, rural areas I think it's more about you know making it commercially attractive and economically viable and that is coming back to you know, efficient use of universal service fund, exactly the purpose of that fund is created for. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, probably 
again, not unique to South Africa, but uh, in many countries as well, uh, we often forget that there is a mechanism that is created for that to bridge that you know, digital gap. And it's just a matter of how we really make efficient use of those funds available to bridge that you know, uh, service gap. Are, are you arguing, therefore, that there needs to be a level of subsidization, at least initially, to, to get the access and to get the network out to the people? Definitely. I, I, I mean, that is, I mean, without the subsidization, at least on a, 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 to get to get it on its feet, I don't think, I mean, it's a easy problem to, mm. to solve. And an uptake, you know, if, if government can come on board and um, make rural areas more attractive by providing their own government buildings, libraries, etc., as anchor tenants, mm -hmm. um, it'll incentivize you know, operators to uh, push fibre deeper into the networks. Let, let's talk for a moment around the readiness of the telco operators to evolve into a digital economy. And for me, what is quite interesting is that um, there, there seems to be a growing resistance, certainly in the South African context, for the operators to become pure utilities. Certainly my view is that none of the operators want to become utility type companies. I think many of them are trying to, to get into the services layer in a more meaningful way and that's into the consumer market all the way into enterprise and potentially into wholesale. But I, I, I suppose that a lot of the price sits within the consumer space. Mm. So mobile financial services, content, and I guess various other uh, potential revenue opportunities that we're not thinking about right now will still come to bear and enable them to, 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 to evolve their business models. How do you see this potentially playing out? Well, I mean, in my opinion, it depends on who we refer to operators. I think mm. it's a bit of, you know, a confusing question at the moment because we talked about, you know, this infrastructure players becoming more and more of integrated, almost like utility players. I think that's the intention for that evolution to happen. And also, the, given the nature of the debt investments and the, you know, investors behind it, it is really longer term and utility-like investors. But on the other side, uh, today's you know MNOs or you know today's uh, 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 dominant communication service pro providers, I mean they are definitely moving away from the infrastructure or utility space and trying to differentiate themselves in providing more uh, differentiated digital services. On the enterprise space, there is definitely uh, the cloud type of focus to uh, to become almost a cloud partner of the businesses, mm -hmm. which is done traditionally by your system integrators. Today, the MNOs uh, uh, is playing a key role uh, uh, over there. And uh, on the on the on the uh, consumer space again, I mean, we have seen uh, most of the communication service providers moving on to music, entertainment, video type of uh, services. And beyond that, I mean, uh, the financial services that you mentioned about, uh, and insurance services, and even I mean, their investments into digital space, like you know, uh, uh, digital markets, uh, 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 like Juma investment of MTN and whatsoever, and whole idea is, I think, for communication service provider of today is to evolve into a partnership environment, probably a bit different in a structure point of view, because today they are really large and, you know, kind of heavily uh, stuffed uh, organizations, probably more lean partnership and market ship, uh, uh, marketing 
driven uh, entities. So that is the direction that they are taking or they are trying to achieve because they are well aware of that their traditional revenue sources is challenged highly. So they have to diversify. So I don't think, I mean, we will see uh, communication service providers becoming utilities, but we will probably see this other infrastructure, independent infrastructure players becoming utilities so, uh, uh, to provide underlying ser- uh, uh, infrastructure services. I think um, also it's about, uh, we touched on it earlier, it's about um, uh, market maturity. Sure. So the uh, mobile network operators are under incredible pressure to reinvent themselves. But what does that mean for them? And what revenues are they they're leaving behind? You know, They understand what they had and now they're looking uh, to this new MNO uh, that that is being born and uh, and I think they're still trying to come to grips with what is the revenue uh, you know potential that they can achieve just through providing services um, and um, and I think it's it's a tough time for them because um, you know while they while they are forgetting about who they were and reinventing where they where they're going to um, you know I don't I don't think that the use cases are there yet. And I think that they are still waiting for this the, the super application you know, that is going to allow them uh, to enjoy the same revenues, uh, but not uh, having to in, invest in uh, ongoing um, you know, infrastructure uh, that becomes outdated and, and, and to outsource that. Um, and I think another concern for the mobile network operators are also a quality of service. You know, as they outsource this, they have to... Uh, trust and ensure that they achieve the same quality of service on a network that they don't necessarily have control over. Um, and I think that remains a big headache for the mobile network operators is to to achieve that and to be assured of that. 